Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to Series 4, This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment centre to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favourite rosé brand, Mirabu, And we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone. Whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate this success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm joined by another one of my lovely Instagram friends who I've never met, but I'm sure we will meet one day. It's Imogen. Hi, thanks for having me. Is your last name Holmes? Holmes. Holmes, no. Pickering. (laughs) Do you know what? I've got another Imogen in my life that's called Imogen Holmes. That's so funny. That's what I thought of it. Imogen. My Instagram name's Imogen Jersey. Yes, I don't even know where you got that from because you wouldn't know my last name. I call you Imogen Jersey normally, but I thought it might be weird if I said this is Imogen Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. Imogen from Jersey, founder of? Yeah, founder of, well, a bit like you, product and service-based business. So I've got my fashion brand called Imogen Apparel, and I also have a branding and digital design agency called Bijou Creative. Love it. And you started that last year, didn't you? Bijou, yeah. That started in sort of June, yeah, June 2020. And Imogen Apparel, I found it in 2018. Did you? Do you know how I found you? You tagged me in a Dress Up Friday post. Oh, really? On your feed. And that's when I started following you. Yeah, because I'm an OG listener of Winging It. Like, I literally started listening in probably in 2000. And, well, I don't know. How long have you been doing it? Since 2018. And also... It really... oh, yeah, there you go. I started in 2018. <laughs> Also, it really cracks me up because people will be listening to the first episode of Wing It. I know people binge listen to it from the beginning. And my life is so far from how it was in that very first episode. I literally can't. It really cracks me up because I'm like, my whole life slotted into place. Now I live by the sea with my dog and my boyfriend. And now I'm like, yeah, I live in London with my dog in my flat with my two businesses. (laughs) So yeah, well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. 
You're so welcome. So tell us, well, you kind of have, tell us who you are and what you do, but tell us in more detail. Tell us the story. Okay. So I always kind of tell people that I had quite a like unconventional way of getting into business. I kind of fell into it. It was never on my radar, but I'm really quite... Uh, well, as you know, active on my social media is kind of like documenting everything that's going on in my business and kind of like how I got to where I am today. Because I feel like, I don't know, you'll probably agree. There's just so much kind of bullshit out there really with kind of like people popping up on Instagram and they're like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. It was really, really easy. And actually I tried to be really active in, I guess my messaging around, you know, anyone can set up a business it's hard but it's not as hard as it may seem so it's quite a long story should I just go through the whole just dive right in I love a story okay so story time so I went to a very academic all girls school I have a very close group of girlfriends who are all highly academic you know they were always really great at you know, everything that happened at school. And the only kind of subjects that I really excelled in at school were art and design. And at the time, because my friends were all so academic, I thought that maybe I just wasn't that clever, (laughs) just because of the environment that I was in. So they all went off to university and did like, you know, studied law and history and very academic subjects like that. And I went to Loughborough University to do my art foundation because art was the only thing that I could do at school. Got to uni, realised that I didn't want to do fine art. Can I just ask you one thing really quickly? Firstly, Loughborough is actually really far away from London because that was my first choice. So thank God I didn't. Really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't end up getting in. I think I got out by like one grade and I ended up going to Bournemouth, which was like the best decision I ever made. Yeah, right. I think Bournemouth was my second choice. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, how funny. Yeah, so it was my second choice. But also Loughborough is so far away from Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Where did you have to fly into? East Midlands or Birmingham, which is only like a 40 minute drive. But then obviously like at the start and the end of each year, it was a road trip. You know, my dad would get the boat over with the car. We load up the car and then drive back down. And it was like a two day thing. And we always really enjoyed it. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, I actually really miss it. It was so fun. But yeah, so I, well, I went to go and do my art foundation and I kind of fell into the uni lifestyle rather than the passion for my course. Didn't Mm. turn up to my course. It was a year long. And then I got called into a meeting room with my tutors and a month before the end of term. And they were like, you're going to fail. You haven't produced any work. So I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go home, but I love uni. So then my friend in my halls next to me was doing communication and media. And I found it so interesting, everything she was studying. Didn't you do communication and media? I did, yeah. So then I called up my dad and I was like, oh, this course is really interesting. I want to do this next year. Like completely bullshitting. Didn't know what it was. Anyway, did that and loved it. And like had three years, like such a good time. Did really well. And then obviously, as you know, they kind of push you down the marketing route. So then I came home. Um, Do you know the difference between Loughborough and Bournemouth Uni, the communications there, is you're a Bachelor of Science yeah. and I'm a Bachelor of Arts. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why my parents were like, you should go and do it at Loughborough because like Bachelor of Science has like a more prestigious thing to it. I mean, do that. to be fair, no one ever asks me what I did at uni. Like it's not like clients come to me and go, mm, before yeah. I did, what did you do at uni? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the difference. But yeah, I don't know about you, but they kind of pushed us down the marketing and journalism route post-uni. Yeah, for sure. 
So then when I came home, obviously I live in Jersey. Jersey has a massive finance industry. So the only kind of professional marketing role I could get here was in finance. So then I did that for a year and like, it was all right. I didn't really enjoy it. Finance is not my thing. And next on my agenda was to go traveling. I was like, I'm going to go traveling. And I was saving up to go traveling. And then in the meantime, Instagram was very new. You'll probably remember, this is like 2015, when lace bralettes were like all over Instagram. Do you remember? Yeah. Like it was a time, like lace bralettes. I feel like they still are. Yeah, but it was a time when we were also wearing underwired bras. Lace bralettes weren't a thing. They were propping up all over Instagram. And I was like, I can make one of them. So I made it kind of like my creative project to try and make one just as a fun thing to do. And then it kind of just spiraled out of control. And, you know, friends, I was making them for friends and then friends of friends. And I set up a little Instagram. And this is when social media marketing was in its infancy. There was no algorithm and influencers were very happy for me to gift them some of these handmade bralettes. And it really kind of blew up. But I wasn't taking it seriously because I'm going traveling. This is just a way of me making a bit of extra pocket money to go traveling with. But then... The week that I left to go traveling, I actually made the same amount of money making bralettes as I did in my job in finance. So then I went traveling for like a year, ended up settling in Melbourne and getting a receptionist job where I was just kind of like sat behind a desk with just so much time to think about what I wanted in life. And I was like, okay, it became apparent that I wanted to do this properly. So I started researching, you know, how to start a business started researching raw materials to do this properly. And I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to pick up where I left off. I was making decent money. And then we'll take it from there. So then I came home in 20. So this is about, yeah, like 2018. And I officially founded Image and Apparel. But by that time, influencer marketing was very much a thing. You could get bralettes in Primark for a fiver. And, you know, I was trying to make a decent profit of making things by hand. It just wasn't happening. So I had to kind of like rethink my strategy. Do you know what's really funny is I feel like now, like handmade underwear that's like ethically made small business is like really having a moment. Yeah, it is. But as you know, in anything in business, the environment's just constantly changing and you just have to constantly change Mm -hmm. what you're doing to keep up. So I had to rethink and I was kind of like, I kind of upped the quality a bit in the designs to appeal to a market with a bit more disposable income. Opened an Etsy shop, which still to this day is hugely popular, like didn't really know or guess that it ever would be. And then went full time. Oh, so whilst I was building that, I was also working part time for a local magazine here to like pay my bills. And then went full time with Image and Apparel in November last year. No, God, I'm getting my years mixed up. What year are we now? We're 2021. November 2019, I went full time. And then that's when I met Sean, my designer, who helped me to get my previously handmade designs into factory production. And then we've since designed a clothing collection. And then, you know, while speaking with, I was being coached by Elizabeth Styles at the time. And I was kind of like, it was lockdown. No, that was it. It was 2020. And it was like, you know, in the summer of 2020, there was just this surge of new businesses just popping up over Instagram because people were getting furloughed and coming up with yeah. these ideas. And Candle then- brands. Yes, so many. 
there were so many, bless them, you could see the kind of passion and heart and drive behind it, but they were just doing it all wrong. People just didn't understand what branding was, didn't understand what marketing was. And I was having a conversation with Elizabeth and, you know, I was like, I want to put all of this money that I'm making in original apparel back into the business, but then equally I need to live. So we're having this conversation and it just was a light bulb moment. I was kind of like, well, why don't I set up a creative agency to run alongside to just have them kind of like compliment one another? Didn't have a fucking clue how to do it. As the title of this podcast, you know, I relate. As the saying goes. As the saying goes, just literally winging it. I was going to say wong it. What's the... Wanging it. (laughs) Oh yeah, so that was in June 2020. And then it's been growing ever since. So that's a really kind of long-winded summary of my career so far, I guess. Literally just making it up as I go along. (laughs) But that's what everyone's doing, you know? Yeah. I think so many people get just stuck in the fear of it all, like not knowing how to do something and then letting that stop them and not get anywhere. Yeah. Actually, most of us don't have a fucking clue what we're doing. Yeah. You've just got to use Google. (laughs) Ask around, see what see what you can find. And YouTube. I've learned so many things on YouTube. You don't need a degree nowadays. You can get a degree in anything from watching YouTube tutorials. Oh, amen to that. Yeah, you really can. Although uni is fun, I will say that if anyone's listening to this that doesn't know what they want to do, uni is extremely fun. I also think that sometimes there's this air on Instagram of like, people even say it to me. And I just, I find it so hysterical when people say it to me and I'll always reply to them. So people say like, how are you so organized? Like you're so organized. One of my clients even sent me a WhatsApp from a group chat that she has with her, some of her friends. And one of them had said in it, like it was like a group of mum friends. And she said, this is really weird because I didn't even know that they knew who you were. But someone said about being Lucy Hitchcock organized. Aww, what but I was like, well, yeah, firstly, great that you think I'm organized. I mean, I am organized to a certain extent. But like, for example, Imogen messaged me this morning and said, um, you know, I'm a bit nervous about the podcast. Can you please send me some questions? So I was like, I haven't got that far. I'm probably just going to literally think about it 15 minutes beforehand and go, shit, what did we agree we were going to talk about? And then I'm just going to write it down and like have a little chat. I wish I could be more like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I try to be organized, but like, I always just find that like coming down to the, I'm organized with client work, but when it comes down to like the creative stuff, I'm just like, just let it flow, you know? So people message me and they're like, you're so organized. I just reply and I'm like, I'm so glad you think that I have my life together when I don't. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's just Instagram though, isn't it? Like we were having a little chat before we press record with this and it's just, as you say, you show what you want people to see almost not actually yeah. the chaos behind the image if you are yeah and I think that's the thing isn't it and people talk about this all the time but it's not physically possible to record and take pictures of everything despite no. trying to I always video everything and I always say this because I think it's really good even a personal moment for you to actually look back on and reflect on yeah so I have so many pictures and videos of packing boxes and like all of this sort of stuff just to remind myself of like the mental scarring that I now have from it (laughs) but yeah it's one of those things it's not physically possible to share everything even if you wanted to yeah so I think yeah people just have to be as honest as they possibly can but like if you think I'm organized that's really nice (laughs) (laughs) that's such a compliment (laughs) it really is isn't it I'm like great I have all these people like behind me that's organized my life for me so yeah So the one thing that I want to know, and I ask everyone this, is what was your first job? 
I mean, ideally, like, it doesn't have to be your first job, but it could be like a silly one. Like, I was recording a podcast yesterday with Danielle Pisa, and she told me that her first job, her first dancing job that she remembers being quite funny is she had to dress up as an eyeball for a Specsavers advert. <laughs> and there's a lot of themed ones where people are like, oh, I had to dress up as like a stock pot. I mean, it doesn't have to be one of those, but something, you know. But I've never dressed up. As an eyeball. <laughs> as an eyeball. I'm trying to think of just like, you know, the shitty jobs that weren't really proper jobs. I once, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before. When I was like 16, they paid me like cash in hand, 50 pound a day at my sailing club. I had to manage this like blow up igloo that was like an advert for Volvo at this like youth racing event. And it basically had iPads in there and I had to collect people's email addresses and then the kids could play on the iPads. So it was a really weird way of getting parents' email addresses. I think that's what it was. But it was something like that. It was like a chill out zone. But yeah, I had to manage it in this big igloo thing. I remember being part of this weird agency, <laughs> weird agency here called Eye Candy that like recruited 18 year old girls to just go around and like hand out flyers in town. And I remember being, no, I'm getting it mixed up. When did it? I've had literally the worst memory ever. What the same. Yeah, so actually, I've had a couple of like nightmare jobs, like two are kind of like sticking out in my mind of like incidents that are just, yeah, fill me with dread. The first was the time that I was temping at New Look. I temped at New Look over the Christmas period and I got put on the tills once and didn't really understand how it worked. And I'm really bad at asking for help when I don't know how, you know, something works. And I remember being like, I have no fucking clue what to do at this till. And then having this huge order of like 400 pounds. And I don't know what happened. I think maybe her card didn't go through or something, but like a receipt popped out and I was like, oh, that must've gone through. And then just like packed up the bags and let her walk out the shop and then realized afterwards that it was still on the screen. And I think the receipt must've said like card declined or something and getting the sack because I'd given away 400 pounds worth of clothes. Well, that's just down to poor training, so... Yeah, and then another time, also probably about seven... No, well, I must have been 18 because I was working in a bar and they were promoting a new Recorderlig pear-flavoured drink and they had to wear a T-shirt with two pears on the breasts that said, nice pear, and sat Recorderlig all evening. And I was 18 years old. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. That would not happen anymore. Nope. And the scary thing is, is that was not even that long ago. Mm, well, it was 10 years ago now. Yeah, but 10 years, that's not very long ago, is it? <laughs> Fuck, that's really scary to say. That was 18, 10 years ago. <sighs> it stresses me out. Do you know what? I love getting older. Do you? So I need to be more like that. Every year I'm like, oh, I've really gained a lot this year. Every year. You've just turned 29, haven't you? I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I always, I like it when someone's older than me. Although I'm 29 in like six months, so. And that means you're 30 next year. Yeah, fuck, I know. And so am I. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for like life to be a, a little bit normal. So maybe I can have my 30th and I actually have some friends over. I know, I know. That's what I keep telling myself. I was like, Corona will be gone when I can have a 30th birthday. Just has to be. Yeah. Is your birthday in the summer? Yeah, September. 
Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Start yeah. as well. That's really nice. Oh, so you must be, you must have been in the school year. Were you at the beginning? Was your birthday at the beginning of your school year? Yeah. You were the oldest in your year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, you really nailed it there because you were the first one to turn 18. First one to drive, first one to have an 18th, first one to have a 21st. Yes. Love that. I always feel so bad for people when their birthday's in August. It's like, (laughs) you didn't quite do that one well, did you? Your parents, bless them. So on today's podcast, I wanted to talk yeah, to you a bit so about... Sorry, I feel like we've just chatted absolute rubbish for the first 20 minutes of this and haven't actually said anything worthwhile yet. That's all right. I feel like we have. Okay. We definitely have. We definitely have. So goal setting, really interesting one, because I know you goal set. Love it. Do you know what? I, I'm actually like feeling really guilty. I've got a goal plan here for 2021 that's not been filled in and we're nearly at the end of February. However, that's fine. It will come to me when I need it. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually only started goal setting at the beginning of last year because my brother was like, what are your goals for the year? I was like, what do you mean? What are my goals for the year? Mm. He said, well, you've got to have goals. Mm. If you don't have goals, what are you working towards? I was like, hmm, I don't know. He was like, well, maybe you should have a think about that. I was like, yeah, okay. And then Becky, who works with me, mm-hmm. she bought me a goal planner and I'm actually really gutted because Kiki K don't sell in the UK anymore and they don't sell this particular goal planner. Wow. So that's kind of why I've not filled it out because, you know, I don't really like change like that. Like I like things that I like and I wanted to have that particular one anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after goal planning last year, I think I've actually got the goal planner somewhere. But yeah, after goal planning last year, I... There was a few different goals I had. Firstly, one was to make more money so that I could move out of my parents into my flat, redo it and feel comfortable with the bills and everything that came with that. Because when I lived in Bournemouth, I already had this flat and I had tenants living here and that was the money that paid for my living expenses. Mm -hmm. So I never really had to rely on my business to actually give me the bread and butter because that was paying my rent. Oh, that's really nice. Which was great. But like, even so, I was kind of chasing my tail every month. And I just thought, you know what? This is ridiculous. You're 27 years old. This is not normal. Like the way that I was living. I was like, this is not normal. You're a responsible adult. You need to start acting like one. (laughs) So my goal last year was to become what I called financially fit. So that included things like increasing my prices and whatnot so that I was able to move into my flat and feel okay with that, and which I do. So that's great. So like goal setting really did sort of change my life last year. Yeah, I was going to say whether you think that it's had an impact on your business as well. Or do you set goals more around kind of like life than business goals? Or would you say they're kind of tied into each other? They're kind of tied into each other. So the goal actually wasn't to increase my revenue. The goal was to feel financially fit personally. Yeah. And for me, that meant, I'm trying to see if I can find it actually. For me, that meant making more money so that I could pay yeah. myself more, basically. And then there was two other goals that I had. That's how I do it as well. Like my goals are mostly financial, as in the money that I want to pay myself. But obviously that comes from my business. So they both kind of, they're tied up together. Yeah, because you are in control of that. Like, I guess if you're listening to this and you have like a conventional nine to five office job or you work for someone else, you know, you work regular or irregular hours and you're able to set goals in terms of like getting pay rises and stuff, you're much less in control of actually, you know, what you are earning, which is kind of irritating. But, you know, whether you've got a side hustle or you're running your own business, you are much more in control because you are in control of your marketing, you're in control of your kind of stock levels and, you know, outgoings and all of that sort of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it has really helped. I mean, it increased my revenue at Sassy by a hundred percent. So oh wow, yeah. But yeah, the, the only thing is, what was not in that goal planner was starting another business. <laughs> Winging it, wang it. <laughs> yeah, wang it. So yeah, I just wanted to know, like, when did you sort of get introduced to goal setting, and how did you go about it? So quite similar to you, like I'm quite new to the subject. Probably only like the last two years have I been really doing it properly. But it's now literally one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm just so invested in the process and just like everything that comes out of it. So I got introduced to it by my coach. I have a mindset coach called Sam Laura Brown, who is a coach for perfectionists. So I consider myself to be a perfectionist. And what that means is that I this is pre-business, if I didn't know the outcome of something, if I didn't know how to do something, I often wouldn't do it because I'm really bad at letting things be imperfect. So obviously when it comes to business, I would just never progress, like never push myself out of my comfort zone. So for me, goal setting has become more of a kind of like personal development tool for me to kind of like push myself out there, move past fear and get out of my own way and actually do something that scares me shitless, not knowing if I'm going to get there, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, but knowing that I'm actually going to be a better person, a better version of myself, a better businesswoman, having tried to achieve something that's like outside of my expectations. So yeah, I guess same as you, they're my business goals, but they're wrapped up so much in kind of like my own personal development as a human that it's just it benefits me in every single way. And I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's such a fun thing to do. Yeah, it really is. I also think once you learn to do it, there's something so exhilarating about doing something that scares you. For sure. And I think it's just such a vital thing to understand when having a business or setting up a business or, you know, trying to go full time or whatever stage you're at in business, even if you're in the idea phase, I think it's just understanding that fear is always going to be part of it it's always going to be there and it's about what you tell yourself and how you change your mindset to be able to move past that and as you say it's so exhilarating when you do get past it and you're like oh my god I did that like I'm sure you know if you look back at a year ago partner in wine was that even it wasn't even an idea in your head you know what I mean and I'm sure when you had the idea you're kind of like what I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna do this And you get the fear, like you're fearful of it. But then when you push past it, as you say, it's literally just the best feeling. And then it just becomes easier and easier, I think, once you've done it once. And I think goal setting is just such a powerful way of, because for me, with my goals, I kind of like, I have quarterly milestones so I can set everything out over a year. And then I just focus on one quarter at a time. Obviously, as the quarters go along, it gets more and more scary. But I can look at quarter one and be like, this is pretty scary. Like I have to do some scary stuff to push through and get past and get the result. And then once I get to quarter two, and it's even scarier, I can look back at Q1 and be like, you thought that was scary and you did it. As I say, like I, well, even when I was talking about my new look thing, I'm really bad at asking for help when I don't know how to do something. I'm really bad at that naturally. I'm really bad at just feeling the fear and doing it anyway. But the success that I have got from just kind of strapping on a pair and doing it, and just feeling shitty whilst I'm doing it and actually getting through and feeling the exhilaration afterwards of achieving something, it's contagious. You want to do it again. Yeah, I feel that. And I think looking back on it now, when we're talking about fear, 
I feel like the first few years of Sassy was such a different stage from where I am now because thinking about it, I genuinely used to live my life in fear of thinking, what if this doesn't work out? And it's because like I wasn't making huge amounts of money at the time. Whereas like last year and this year, like basically when I moved back to London, so many more opportunities presented themselves to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't wake up every morning thinking, oh shit, I've got to do this today. Otherwise I'm not going to make any money this month. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it more. Yeah, obviously that's a really privileged position to be in. My agency is in its infancy and it's way behind where Sassy is. So I do still get that sometimes. I wake up and I'm like, if this job doesn't come in, I'm not going to be able to pay myself the wage that I would normally pay myself. But actually, I'm trying to teach myself to not get caught up in that fear and actually being rational about it and being like, what is the worst case scenario if this happens? And normally... not that bad (laughs) it's not and the other thing is like you have to remember and like this is what I had to train myself to do is that if you spend all of your time worrying about what's not going to happen and then if it doesn't happen shit what am I going to do and then worrying about that you're not putting your energy into actually finding a solution for that so creating some more social content that will then help you get some new clients for example yeah like all of that sort of stuff. And it's funny because someone actually messaged me the other day. They sent me a, um, someone in the UK has started like something similar to Partner in Wine. Right. And people send it to me all the time and go, they've copied you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you know what? Firstly, there's no point in going after someone that's doing something the same as you because it's very, very different. You know, what I'm doing is different. It's similar, but different. Mm-hmm. And the direction that I'm going in will be very different. And I just think, I said, oh, I don't don't really need to worry about that sort of stuff. But like, thanks for sending anyway. Mm. Like, just got to leave people to it. And they went, well, you're a better person than I am. I'd be sending them abuse. And I was like, negative energy never wins. Positive energy always wins. And I'm such a firm believer in, you know, the secret and manifestation. And if you focus on that, you just end up producing more of it. And it's a vicious cycle. Amen to that. So yeah, I mean, what, the what reason saying? it's like you're something, something goes where your energy flows. Now, <laughs> making shit up now. It is. I know what you mean. What you focus on, what you put your energy towards, you manifest more of it. So if you're living in fear, if you're going, oh my God, shit, like I might not be able to pay myself if this job doesn't come through. What if this doesn't work out? What if this doesn't work out? then chances are they won't because you'll be showing, well, A, the woo-woo manifestation universe malarkey, apparently that is the rule, that that's what happens. But B, you won't be showing up in a way to get the opposite outcome, the positive outcome, because you'll just be stuck in this negative space all the time. Mm -hmm. And your thoughts create your feelings, which create your actions, right? So if you're thinking negative thoughts, everything around you is going to be negative. So was like the conversation that we were having before we even started but we won't talk about it (laughs) before we started recording there's no point in being in feeling negative about it yeah and you know what I think and it's all very well and good us saying this but it's not like an overnight thing like I'm gonna stop having negative thoughts you really have to train yourself I mean look I've been running my business for nearly six years now and I've just got to a place where I've trained myself out of it and it you know it even stems into things like when I send clients emails I always make sure that everything is phrased in a positive way. So like, Mm -hmm. even if you have some bad news or like, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know, certain way that you phrase things, you always got to phrase them with a glass half full rather than a glass 
half empty yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like even down to things like that I just make sure that everything I put out there is in the most positive way not using negative words terminology yeah. like that it's because it, always... there. it is just being more as you say it's not an overnight thing that you can just flick a switch and you're like I'm going to be more positive and manifest more positive things into my life I guess it's just being aware of how you are feeling will affect everything else around you and kind of coming up with strategies and techniques that are gonna keep you in that positive space I find journaling helps a lot like I've got a very overactive mind like my mind chatters away like all day and it's part of my morning routine like I'll brush my teeth and then my journaling is like brushing my teeth for my brain I just get all the shit out on paper and anything that I'm being irrational about I can see it in front of me and I because I can see it I'm like you're being irrational like change that thought how can you change that thought so it becomes a positive one and it is, mm. it is a practice. Like, I definitely don't go around feeling positive every single day. Like, I had a call with my coach this morning to say, like, I'm feeling in a proper creative rut right now and I'm feeling angry at myself for it. And just, like, it is a process. I guess you just have to be more aware and just make sure that you're positive more often than not in everything you do, as you say, emailing your clients or in whatever way that it shows up. Yeah. I mean, I feel you on that creative rut this week. I just hit a wall <laughs> and was like, no. There must be something in the air because we had a conversation on Instagram, didn't we? Because I was like, I've had enough. Like I'm going off Instagram for a week. And then I think you, no, I didn't. Maybe I did like a question box or something, just asking people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you did one the next day. Like, how are people keeping up momentum with Instagram? So maybe, maybe Mercury's in retrograde or whatever. (laughs) Do you know what? I felt so much better yesterday and I just had this like brainwave, like breakthrough. I think because when you run a business, if there's nothing new coming up, right? You kind of think like, oh, now what? I can't just keep posting pictures of bottles and tumblers. I need something else that's boring. I'm going to lose followers and all of this stuff. Like, Not that it's all about followers and they weren't going to buy from me anyway if they're going to unfollow, but... I need to do something that people will look at and think that's really cool what she's doing. Oh, and they have a product. So I spent quite a lot of time on that yesterday, but I had like a, a big brainwave and coincidentally the sun came out at the same time. So oh, I think that may have had something to do with it, but yeah, it's difficult. It's so difficult as well. Like being in your own thoughts all day, thinking like what's the next best step to take sort of thing. Yeah. And I always find like, I'm so bad at taking my own advice. Because as I said, I had a call with my coach about this this morning. And I know what is the best thing for me to do. And the best thing for me to do is to literally have a break because I have all of my breakthrough ideas when I'm not stressing about work, like when I've had a clean break, you know, guilt free rest. And I've tried to do that this last week, but kind of like done it really half heartedly. And because I'm doing it half heartedly, I've just felt really like, anxious around it and then yeah the same thing I'm like you know if I don't post on Instagram then I'm not going to get sales or I'm not going to get clients so it is really hard and it's so easy to get wrapped up in it but I take great comfort in you know seeing people like you and speaking to other people in the industry who just go through exactly the same thing and feel exactly the same because I think it's you can't be on it all of the time and creativity is not just a constant thing that is on it's you know, Sean, my designer, you've probably spoken to Sean a couple of times. She always says, you know, like ride the wave because like being creative and creating content is literally a wave. Some weeks I'm on it. I'm like idea after idea after idea. And I can just like create, batch create a shitload of content in one day. And other days I'm like, I just really can't be asked. 
And then you feel bad when you're like, I you can't do. be asked. But I need to learn and we all need to learn that yeah. that's part of the process. And actually, when you can't be asked, your brain needs a break so that mm. it can have that next increase of energy. Like it can't, your brain cannot be creative all the time. It physically can't. So you need to honor the rest that your brain needs from creativity to be able to keep momentum going. Mm. Otherwise you just burn out. And yeah. I can feel that I've, like this week, I half-heartedly took a week mm. off. And because I haven't given myself that rest, I'm feeling the resistance to go back to it now. And actually in the long run, that resistance to create content is just going on for longer. And actually it's going to hinder my business progress more than if I'd have just been like, yeah, you're not feeling it, have a week off, get back to it when you feel like it. And just come back with that like revitalized energy. Yeah. So... But then I'm, I'm so awful at taking my own advice. That's the advice that I would give, but I can't fucking take it myself. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. But do you know what I think it turned out I needed? I just needed a week off everything that was making me feel guilty. So for example, like feeling guilty for not getting up and working out in the morning, feeling guilty for having a lion, feeling guilty for not being bothered to create content. I just gave myself a few days off I lay until eight o'clock and it was amazing. Yeah. And then I wake up yesterday and was like, I feel more energized now. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. When you run a business, it's difficult to switch off anyway, let alone in a bloody pandemic when you can't even go on holiday. No. So, yeah. And I mean, if you take it out, obviously there's nothing to do. So. Yeah, it is hard, especially because I feel like I have a bit of an identity crisis in that I don't know who I am or what I'm doing when I'm not running a business or creating content. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, Especially in a pandemic, I can't go. You know when people say to you, "What are your interests?" I'm like, "Yes, shopping, <laughs> dining out at restaurants." Like this is why it really cracks me up when I read people's CVs because people put like childhood things on that. I'm pretty sure on my CV it says like sailing, and I've not sailed a dinghy in years, even <laughs> though I can. But like I now try to at the weekends, like go out with my dad. Obviously not at the moment, but like in the summer and when I can. But yeah, it does crack me up because people's CVs say things like. I love makeup and I'm like, is that an interest? I don't know if it is. I is it? I don't know what I'd put. My interests are literally like creating content and making money. <laughs> my interests are lining my pockets. So yeah, literally figuring out how I can get paid. <laughs> but then I guess like, what do you use that money for? Then you'll realize what your interests are. Like I use my money for doing fun and spontaneous things obviously yes, not at the moment I kind of feel like I've maybe wrapped my interests too much into my career because obviously the money that I pay myself I then spend on clothes and I then make clothes in my fashion brand so the whole thing is just like wrapped into which I suppose is a good thing it's really nice that everything I do is like my interest but again I really struggle to switch off and actually do something that I enjoy that isn't running my businesses because I enjoy doing that. Yeah. But then sometimes it just gets too much. You can have too much of a good thing, right? You can. It is true. Like I enjoy doing things like this, but I wouldn't like, for me, doing this is not like running a business. It's like, and I think people probably look at me and think, gosh, she does all this fun stuff all day long. And it's not all fun, but like, it doesn't feel like work. See, that's really interesting that you can disconnect the two, that you can disconnect this from work. Because even me as I'm a guest on your podcast, and I'm still putting this in the work bracket. Really? Like, because it's in my work diary. Yeah. Do you know why maybe it is? It's because I don't edit my podcast anymore. I just record it, I show up, record it, and then someone else deals with it and I don't have to stress about it. 
and I like chatting. See, I need to be more like that. Oh, I can speak to people. You need to maybe just get t-shirts. What would Lucy Hitchcock do? <laughs> Two people have said that to me this week, not about the t-shirt, but they don't, I always think, what would Lucy Hitchcock do? <laughs> thing maybe that's another what would lucy do god my friend would absolutely slaughter me if i released anything like that they'd be like who the hell do you think you are oh wow oh god that is too funny so i guess we've kind of been through like i've written down here like tips for creative blocks because I know obviously we kind of both go through yeah moments of creative blocks and unmotivation I guess the thing that I am really grateful for is that I have and I know you have a coach and stuff like that but I have Christine who works for me full-time I have Becky who works for me part-time I have like a few freelancers who are friends of mine and various other freelancers do things so I often find that I have people that have to talk to me <laughs> because yeah. I pay them. But I have people there if I'm feeling shit. I'm like, I'm feeling shit. And they're like, I'm sorry, you're feeling shit. Like, why do you think that is? And I'm like, I don't know. I just can't get any ideas out. And then I'll like bounce ideas off someone else and then I'll feel much better. But obviously I'm saying it like it happened literally just like that. It didn't this week. It literally took me three days and several different conversations to feel any sort of spark, you know? Yeah. But I find speaking to people really, really helpful. What kind of, I guess, what helps you? Um, Yeah, probably similar because I guess when you work for yourself, you can get very lonely. And I think, especially for me, I've made an active effort and decision to kind of meet women that are doing a similar thing to me online. Well, like you and I have never met in real life, but we're pals because we do the same thing. And, you know, I think I probably reached out to you. And I mean, so this is something that I've actively done in that I live in Jersey, which is very small. And my close group of girlfriends are all in corporate careers. I know no one doing what I do. So for me, that was always a big thing that At the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, there's literally no one doing what I'm doing. This is so shit. But actually, when I started listening to podcasts and, you know, being more active on Instagram, like I realized that there's so many people doing the same sort of thing. So I've tried to kind of like build relationships and create my own little kind of community of people that I can chat to if I'm ever feeling that, you know, I need to have a chat with someone or bounce some ideas off. Not in a way where, you know, like I'm sure you get it as well. I get some people that just DM me and just like want free advice and like, can you give me advice on this? Can you give me advice on this? Like not in that way, but actually building genuine relationships with people, being interested in their business, like just engaging with them and actually building a friendship so that you can fall back on that when you need it. That's, I think, what keeps me going and what keeps me motivated is, you know, if I'm having a shit time, I can maybe see that someone else that I follow who's doing similar is going through the same thing or equally they could be having a great time and I find that really motivating. Mm. Or just to have people to just bounce ideas off or it's even the kind of, you know, like entrepreneurial reels and stuff that I can have a giggle at and be like, oh, I thought I was the only one feeling like that. I think it's just surrounding yourself with people that get it. Yeah. And most people... Because I feel like our space and our industry, it's so small, particularly in the UK. Most people love to meet other people that are doing similar things to them. I think people get so fearful of being like, oh, you know, looking at someone who's got, I don't know, as his followers aren't a thing, but however many followers and be like, oh, they wouldn't want to talk to me. They're just people doing the same thing. They might be further along in their business journey than you Mm. are. 
but chances are they're still feeling the same feels like they're still going through the same thing and they want to make these connections I certainly do Mm. I think it's just important to I always think it's really nice when I mean there's two different things to this firstly you have the people that I get this a lot with people that listen to the podcast they'll slide into my dms and say hey I just wanted to drop you a message and say how much I'm loving the podcast and like Mm. I've followed you on Instagram now and I'm you know you're really inspiring me to do x y and z And I think that's really, really nice. And that's such a great way to build a relationship. And I always reply to people as well. Like I make that like a proper top priority. The thing that I don't like and the things that I am most likely to not reply to are people just going one-liners asking me a question like, where did you source your packaging? Don't (laughs) And I I really reach and sorry, this is not me complaining, by the way, because I think it's so nice that people actually want to ask for my opinion and my expertise and want my help. However, I have an issue with people that do not do their own research Mm. and come straight to someone else. Google is there. You will find so much more satisfaction in going to find a factory or someone that does your packaging or something like that yourself. If you go and do the research, ask the quotes, see what you can find out there. And then if you want advice on something specific that relates to that, then, oh my gosh, so happy to help. Yeah. But what I don't like feeling like is that I am being used as Google because I have clients who pay for my time. Even I work with a lot of friends and they pay me for my time. Mm -hmm. And I work with clients who now feel like friends and they pay me for my time. So if you can't give anything back, you know, in terms of like, for example, you and I, we might ask each other for opinions every now and again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a very give and take relationship. And that's Mm -hmm. like a friendship, you know. But if you don't have anything to offer someone or you haven't built up that relationship, it can come across in quite a odd way. And I think for me, it's not about the fact that people ask that, because as I said, I think that's really nice. But it makes me feel like I'm literally just like there to be sold, you know? Well, and it also won't serve the person who's asking you those questions long term. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, fair enough. If You know, sometimes when I get like a random DM of like a question, like I'll answer it. I'll be like, well, this is a bit shit because you've literally just sent me a one liner DM asking. I can't remember what it was along the line of packaging. You know, it was labels. So I gave my answer thinking like, okay, like I'll help them. Like I'll tell them where I sourced it from. And then just sent three more questions. Like, where did you get this? Where did you get that? And then she didn't even follow me. And I was like, immediately I have that wall up and I'm like, I'm not going to engage with you. Whereas, you know, if someone like you who has taken the time to engage with me, build a friendship, help me when I've had questions, if you were to come to me with something, I'd probably send you a voice note over WhatsApp and be like, Lucy, this is how I did X, Y, Z. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's really important to, yeah, you can't take the really, What's really nice, right? And I, I don't want this to come off as complaining at all because I actually really love when people send me DMs. And, you know, if you catch me on a bad day, that's when I'm like, ah. I just won't reply or I'll reply something like have you googled it (laughs) but what's really great is if you're just starting out there is so many online communities that you can get involved with with people that are at a similar stage to you and I think that's really a great place to start if you are looking for that sort of support because there's so many people you know ready and willing to give advice whereas I give advice in a slightly different manner I give it on my own terms and I give it based on what people have asked me for. So, you know, chances are, if you send me a question going, where do you source your packaging? I'll just make a video on it. Mm-hmm. 
know, so that when people ask that question, I have somewhere to direct them to. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I do really want to help people. And that's like a huge part of, you know, my offering is whether that's, you know, I want people to feel like they can have advice, whether they can afford it or not. Yeah. Um, but it just comes in slightly different forms. But yeah, in terms of actually finding a community of people that can actually help you, you know, Facebook groups and things like that are really, really, really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I've actually ever been part of any Facebook groups, but I know people that have had positive experience with it. For me, I've kind of, again, I guess it's this like new age of me goal setting and moving past my fears. I'm like in a realist, like what would I actually really like? And I find these people on Instagram like you that I admire and, you know, I follow their work. I'd be like, oh, it'd be cool to be friends with them. Reach out being like this woman could reject me or tell me to piss off or not like me but half the time it turns out great and look how I am being (laughs) or you get involved with dress up Fridays and I'm like hi exactly do you know what I mean and I've almost created the community that I want of women that I personally am inspired by obviously these groups are great and maybe I just haven't been on them because I I think I perhaps I don't really like Facebook and I find it I think Instagram is a very good place to kind of like tell your story and people really kind of like involved in your story and who you are and I feel like I connect with people a lot more on that so for me it's been the case of finding women that I admire who are in a similar situation to me and just Mm. being like hey want to be friends yeah I also think they're great we're going off a slight tangent here but I also what I think is great about these groups is you don't just have access to one person you know you're asking a question you're not asking one person a question you're asking a question and you will get so many different opinions yeah that's true actually. that you get a balanced thing whereas when someone comes to me it's like okay that's really nice you've asked my advice this is my opinion if you think that's correct then great if you don't obviously you won't be offended But these groups are are really great as like a sounding board, which I think is really, really cool, especially if you're feeling a bit isolated. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's it. It's literally just finding out what works for you, but just making sure that you're building that community around you because running a business can be really lonely and really isolating. And you can feel like you're the only one doing it and you're the only one feeling shit. But But you're not. You're not. There's so many of us. Just winging it. I've literally used that saying, I think, three times now. Do you know what? I have a T-shirt that I was going to launch that says winging on it. You should. Yeah, I really want to, but I just, I don't know. Oh Has winging it podcast got its own brand, got its own Instagram? Yeah. Oh, shit. I should probably give that a follow. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, you can uh... winging it merch. Yeah, well, that was it, winging it merch. I don't faff around with that. I go straight to Apple Podcasts and I and I do that. You don't need to convince me to listen. Do you know who told me to set up a separate podcast page for it? Sophie T, the artist. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've now got like 600 or something followers. They just kind of keep coming. So, hi, if you're listening, you can go and follow me at the Winging Podcast. <laughs> I never even post anything on there. I just post like when there's a new episode. Episodes. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a really great place to end. Yeah, me too. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it really was. I feel like... You did calm my nerves, you're right. Did I? Yes, I knew it. I knew it. I felt the fear and I did it anyway. I was fearful about it, but I did it anyway. Do you know, I can't remember if I said this on a podcast the other day, but the one time I've been absolutely scared shitless was when I was face-to-face with Jo Malone, the woman oh, herself. Oh, no way! I made myself go and speak to her in an event and I behaved in such like a weird way because I was so starstruck. I was like, my name's Lucy and I have my own business. And she was like, oh, okay, what do you do? And I was like, I run um, 
a digital marketing company for small businesses. <laughs> this wasn't even that long ago, by the way. This was like two years ago. I was like, basically, one of my friends had told me a story about how they'd met her and like, she was like, I really want to mentor you. And she sent them all of the fragrances from Joe Loves. And I was like, I'll lead with that. So I was like, oh, my friend Rachel told me this story. And she was like, who's Rachel? I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, God. And then I like, explained it more. And she was like, oh. And then I was like, okay, can you start my book, please? And I was like, walked off. And I was like, why am I so weird? <laughs> oh, I hate that. That happened to me when I was in Austin. Do you know the brand Sabo Skirt? Yes. You know, the founders, Thessie and Yotta or whatever, they were speakers at an event I went to when I was in Melbourne and I got the opportunity to meet them after. I actually won tickets through Sabo Skirt to go and watch them. Anyway, <laughs> went and met them afterwards and exactly the same, just kind of like sweating. Like I could literally feel my armpits pouring with sweat. Can't even really remember what I was saying, but it was kind of like, oh, so nice to meet you. Such a nice talk. Like, I love your brand. Oh my God. And just afterwards, just being mortified mortified but it was great now I can say that I'm two of my fashion idols exactly I never want anyone to feel like that about me ever <laughs> no but they're just people I mean you know Joe Malone and Thessa and Yotta probably thought that we were just just like why stressing hun we're humans <laughs> I was honestly I think back at it and I'm like I oh, know I was so starstruck I can't <laughs> I can't believe it like I've met famous people and I've been like how you doing hi Really? But with Joe Malone, I've like freaked out. Yeah, to be fair, I don't know if I would have even been able to go up to her. That's a big one. I made myself do it. So that's the thing. Feel fair and do it anyway. Fair and do it anyway. Put that on a t-shirt as well. Yeah. Now we're talking. Maybe we should now we're talking. Together, Lucy. Maybe we should do a collab. Set up a third business. Image and apparel times winging a podcast. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> Merch. The sample that I have for the Winging It tea was the most expensive t-shirt I've ever bought. You actually get one sample, did you? Amazing. It's great in my wardrobe. It's actually really lovely quality. It's really, really nice. It's like organic cotton, proper, really nice, yeah. Nice. Might bring them out for summer. There you go. You know, you haven't got any launches coming up. Well, I'll be shipping them straight off to a fulfillment centre, let me tell you that, (laughs) because I'm not packing them in boxes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you online and your various businesses? So I am most active on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Imogen Jersey. Imogen Apparel is just Imogen Apparel. And Bijou Creative is just Bijou Creative. And Imogen Apparel, Mm. do you or do you not have a new collection coming out? Oh my God. So yes, as in the next couple of weeks. So the fabric was delayed severely because of Korean New Year. And I sat in bed manifesting last night that it was going to arrive at my sampling studio today. And I woke up and checked DHL and it's out for delivery. Mm. So I'm having my shoot on Thursday and then I'm probably launching in like two weeks, two, three weeks. Can you send me a sneak peek on Instagram? Yeah, of course. I'm very excited. I am actually quite invested. I have to say, every time you post a picture, I'm like, just show it to me. Yeah, I'm so excited literally my baby so yeah all very exciting amazing well as always you can find me on many different places on instagram at lucy hitchcock underscore at the wing it podcast at sassy digital for marketing tips and if you want to give my business a follow tap partner in wine uk and the last thing i was going to say is if you enjoyed this podcast please go and leave a review can you please back me up on this one i don't even know how to okay so i'll tell you now you go on apple podcasts yeah And you click five stars if that's how you feel about it. 
And you can write a nice little opinion there too. I'll do that for you. Thank you. Add it to my to-do list and I'll do it today. Thank you. I think there's like 90 something on there, but I know there's more, way more people listen to this podcast. So yeah, I don't think I've ever left a review. So this will be a first. I'll do it for you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found value in that, whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and make sure you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. You can follow at The Winging It Podcast. And if you want digital marketing tips, you can follow at Sassy Digital. And obviously, if I've got any breath left, please go and follow at Partner in Wine UK, where as well as posting about all of our latest products and everything that we're launching, I do make sure that we do plenty of behind the scenes so you can see exactly what it is like to run a product-based business. And I'll be back next week with another episode.